Good morning, church. Like, like what everybody's saying, my name is Tariq. And I lead the campus ministry. And uh, I do come bearing good news. Um, this past Sunday, um, a young man from the campus ministry from Cal State LA decided to make Jesus Lord of his life. His name is Leon, Leon Rabadi. Go ahead and stand up, Leon. Leon is now one week old, and Leon is a great guy. I'm really proud of him um, for, the, for everything he's overcome. Um, but I'm really excited for today. I'm excited about this series that we're doing in Acts. It's, it's called Move. Right? And we're looking at, at how God used the church, the Holy Spirit, right? and ordinary people to move and, and do great things. And if we turn our Bibles here to Acts chapter 14, or to Acts chapter 4, rather, verse 13. We'll discover our theme for today. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Right, it reads, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. A few weeks ago, um, we, we had a great lesson by Marty. He got up here and he talked about what Ralph calls the old guys. He talks about the, 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 the apostles and Paul, and we looked at the, the, the apostles and Paul in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, and we looked about at what made them extraordinary. Because right? these men, they were ordinary men. They weren't superheroes, right? They weren't exceptional men. No, they were ordinary. They are actually unschooled, right? Most of us here, we have a, a, an education, some form of education. So already, um, we're, we're on a different level than them. But these men were unschooled, and they did great things. And they did amazing things, and it wasn't because they were some different type of person or on some different type of level. No, they were ordinary. And God used them. Jesus, Jesus, I'm here. Right, Chris? Right, Chris said when the bell rings, say, Jesus, Jesus, I'm here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right? It is not recess. Um, the lesson just started. Um, but amen. Right? And so last time we looked at the Apostle Paul, we looked at the, the, the Apostles in Acts chapter 3 and 4, and we saw that, hey, Although they were ordinary, because they decided to live extraordinary lives, God did great things through them. We also looked at, at Paul um, in more in depth, and we saw that, hey, Paul was ordinary. He was indeed ordinary, but because he decided to live with passion, God was able to do great things through him. And so today we're going to continue on this topic. We're going to continue on this topic of God using ordinary people to do amazing things, and we're going to look at, at the new guys. Right, the new leaders who raised up in the book of Acts, I like to call them the, the other guys. Right, because these guys are, although they're popular, right, although we know them by name and we're going to read about them in a second, these men were indeed ordinary, but God used them. And so the title of today's lesson, Jesus, I'm here, thanks Jesus. Um, but the title of today's lesson is God Moves Through Ordinary People Part 2. God Moves Through Ordinary Pe- People Part 2, the new leaders. Right, I got a little subtitle in there for you guys. Um, but let's go to Acts chapter 6, and we're going to read about these new guys. We're going to read about the young guys and how God used them. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Alright? And you guys know I'm interactive. Those of you guys who, who've heard me preach before, I like to hear from you guys. I like to hear feedback. I like to hear that. Come on, Tariq. Right? It gets better if you guys give me feedback. Right? Thank you. That's what try harder. I love Kevin Tool. Um, Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Are you guys all there? Awesome. Let's read it together. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, 
The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Right? And so like I said, I love to hear from you guys. I love to be interactive. So I kind of want to try something a little different today. Right? I want to try something a little different. I want, I want to give you guys my role. Right? I want you guys to teach us this scripture. And so what kind of things stood out to you guys? What did you see? I want you guys to kind of teach this scripture. What stood out to you guys? What did you guys just see in this passage? What is going on here in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7? Randy? Uh, that the people were able to be open with the leaders. Okay. Good. Yeah, the people were able to be open with leaders. Good. Any others? Yes. Yeah, they worked together to solve a problem that arose in the church. Any others? Yeah, physical needs were important, right? A need arose, and they 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 figured out a way to solve that need, to meet that need. Any others? What did you guys see, Chris? Yeah. All kinds of people in the church that came together. It's diverse. Rodney? Uh, they chose people who were full of the Spirit. They chose people who were full of the Spirit. They chose the spiritual people to pro- solve this problem. Good. Alright, it's not just the leader's job to fix the problems. Yeah, right? Anybody can serve God. Good. Any others? Jackie? I'll get you. I'll see you. Okay, yeah, God's word spread. Right? That's awesome, right? At the end, it says that in Bianca. Yeah, they, they saw a problem and they, they solved it. Right? They didn't hesitate to solve it. Yeah, right? So, throughout today... Um, We're going to be looking at two different ways, two different mediums God uses to work through ordinary people. These men, they were ordinary men. Right here we see that God moves through ordinary people with the heart to meet needs. The first thing we see here in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, God, we see God moves through ordinary people with the heart to meet needs. You know, this is awesome. This is awesome scripture because it tells us in the beginning that the church is growing. The number is increasing. Right? So more and more people are coming to church. Right? If you follow the, the, the numbers throughout the, the book of Acts, it says it starts with 120, then 3,000 people became true Christians, and then in Acts chapter 4, it, it talks about how the church grew to about 5,000 men. It doesn't say how many women and children were there, so I mean, you can only imagine that. This is a big church. Right? 5,000 men, right? 7,000 women maybe, children, right? Could have put the number at 10,000. Right? So this is this huge church, this huge group of people. Right? And people are awesome. 
Right? Large numbers of people are awesome. You guys are awesome. Right? But with people, needs come. People need things. Right? And we see here that, hey, although this church was huge and it was growing, a need arose. And what was the need? What did you guys see? What was their need? Yeah, the widows, right? Food distribution. They needed people to serve food. Ryan, that was a need. Has anybody here ever been a food server before? At some point in their life? Yeah, right? Few of us. Good amount of us. Right? It's not, it's not the most glamorous thing, is it? No. No, right? I don't know if you guys, I, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but um, when I was at, I went to Cal State Long Beach. Right? Kevin Tan, where you at? There you go. Right? Me and Kevin. All right, we were actually roommates uh, for a while. Right? But I went to Cal State Long Beach, and Kevin knows I was the dishwasher. Right in the dining hall, in the cafeteria. Right, that was. Yo, you been there, Larry? That was hard work. Right, you talk about hard work. Wash the dishes for for college students, for growing college students, and all you can eat buffet, mind you. Tons of dishes, tons of dishes. So I started out as dish, dishwasher. I wasn't fired up about washing dishes. I was fired up on payday, but outside of that, right, I wasn't. I didn't like my job. I hate it. Right, I would dread it. Right. The people were awesome, but it's just hard work. And so I remember, I used to love when um, the food servers didn't show up. Right? They didn't show up. They, they didn't tell anybody they used to show up to work. I used to love it because they used to pull the dishwashers out of the dish room to be the servers. And so I remember I had just started, and I was super excited. I was super fired up because someone didn't show up to work, and it was the server. And I was like, man, I hope they picked me. I hope they picked me. Right? They didn't pick me last time, and they picked me. And they said, Tariq, Tariq, they called it the line. Right? The serving line. Right? They said, Tariq, get on the line. And I was like, yes, I was fired up, right? I quickly realized that that was harder than the dish room. <laughs> quickly, quickly, right? I was dropping food, I was dropping plates of food, and it, it wasn't fun, and they sent me back, right? I got out, and then just when I got out, right? Just when I got out, they sent me back to the dish room. Um, but I did get promoted. Kevin Tan knows I did get promoted later on um, after, after a few years of the dish room. I was, I was a busser. <laughs> I was a buster, but I was a buster at, at 6 a.m. in the morning, which is early, but no one wakes up that early. And so I was winning, right? It was, it was easy money, easy money, right? But here we see that there's this, this need of food distribution. The 12 realized, hey, we can't focus on both spreading the word of God and distributing food, right? So we can't wait on tables, right? And so they, select, they selected a group of people. They selected these, these seven men. To meet these needs. Right? They didn't select these men. They didn't draw names out of a hat. Right? They didn't close their eyes and point. Right? They didn't say any, meeny, miny, mo. No, there's actually a, a pretty interesting process that they went through. Right? It says they chose wise and spiritual men. Right? It says they, they chose reliable men. Men they knew who can make decisions when time came to make a decision. They, it says they prayed over these men. So they chose them and then they praised them. They prayed them. Right? And they also chose great leaders. Right? It mentions Stephen and Philip. Right? Stephen and Philip. If you've read the book of Acts before, you know about Stephen and Philip. We're going to get in more detail about Stephen in a second. But Philip, right? a few weeks ago, Marty was up here and he preached on the Ethiopian eunuch yeah. and his conversion. And he talked about Philip. Philip was key in the conversion of that eunuch, but not only that eunuch, but of more people. Right? He helped tons of people come to God. Right? So they chose great leaders. And so it's interesting because we know that these men were great. Right? But they are willing to meet this small, behind-the-scenes role. Right? Because they had this heart to meet needs, God easily moved through them. 
You read the book of Acts after this, right? This is the first time we hear about these men after this God is moving through them. Right? It's because they had this heart to meet needs. These new leaders, these young guys, right? They had the heart to meet needs. You know, can the same thing be said about you? This heart to meet needs. This heart to serve. Can it be said about you? Do you have this heart when needs arise? Right? Because we're in a church full of people. People have needs. Churches have needs. Right? And it's cool because this church is growing. Right? So it says, hey, needs are actually good because it indicates a growing church. Right? If this church wasn't growing, they wouldn't have had this need of food distribution. Do you have this heart to meet needs? Do you have the heart to serve? This is what God uses to work. This is how God moves through people who serve. Do you have this heart? You know, I wanted to lift up a few people. Right, a few people here um, who are on the, the behind the role, behind the scenes role. They play the behind the they play the background. Right, if you serve in the setting up of the church, right, the gym every Sunday morning, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Amen. These men, these men standing, get here at eight a.m. in the morning. 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning to come set up the, 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 the gym. The gym doesn't look like that overnight. It's, it's a process. These men get here at 8 a.m. every Sunday they set up. And there's more in the, in the Spanish sector over there in the gym who come and set up. But these men serve. And they have the heart to serve. These men, I haven't heard them complain about serving and getting up early. They, just, they do it with a glad and sincere heart. All right, it's interesting because one of the guys who stood up was actually Leon. Leon just got baptized on Sunday and he's already serving. I mean, it's really cool to see how these men, they, they deny themselves. I mean, they wake up, it's hard to wake up on Sunday morning sometimes. I mean, it's hard, but these men do it. And they sacrifice. All right, they sacrifice sleep. Do you have a heart to serve? Do you have the heart to meet needs? Here we see that God works through ordinary people with a heart to serve. You know, looking back at this list of men, right, we see Philip, or we see Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. Right, and this is cool, right, because we, we, we mentioned Philip, but Stephen. Now, let's talk about Stephen for a second. Stephen has an interesting story in the book of Acts. Has anybody ever read about Stephen? What do you guys know about Stephen? I heard a lot of mumbles. Oh, let's get some hand raised. I heard a lot. Right? We're saying that he was the first martyr. Yeah, he was the first martyr. First martyr in the Bible, right? Martyr means someone who, who dies for their faith. Alright, Stephen, he died. He was willing to die for God. But it's interesting because if you look at it, Acts chapter 6 is the first time we're introduced to Stephen. And Stephen is meeting needs. Right? There's not so glamorous need of serving food. Right? So we see Stephen here and he's meeting this need. And if you keep reading, you see in Acts chapter 7... Stephen becomes a, a martyr. Stephen dies. And so you see, hey, Stephen, we're first introduced to him in Acts chapter 6, but then Acts chapter 7, he becomes a martyr. And so at first impression, at first glance, you can be like, well, where did God work through Stephen? Right? Because we know, hey, he, he's willing to meet needs and it's awesome, but if God really works through people with this heart to serve, where was it? Because Stephen, he died in the very next chapter. Right? And at first glance, that's the impression you can get. But God actually did something really incredible through Stephen. 
Right? We know that Stephen, he, he died for his faith. Right? He preached a, a great message before. And it's truly awesome. I encourage you, if you haven't read it yet, read Acts chapter 7. It's really encouraging and inspiring. But God worked through Stephen. And he actually did something pretty incredible. And if you turn to Acts chapter 11, we'll discover it together. Right? So Stephen, he was the first martyr in the church. Before Stephen was, 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 was martyred, the, the church was, was kind of condensed. Right? They were all together. Right? After Stephen's death, the disciples, the true Christians, they scattered. Right? And so they began by just spreading the word around them in the area that they were. Right? But God's call is to, to, to go and make true Christians of all nations. Right? And so there had to be some form of scattering. Right? Here we read what happens, right? The effect and how God really did use Stephen. Alright, Acts chapter 11, verse 19. It says, Now those who have been scattered by the persecution that have been brought out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, it says, The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. All right, Antioch. Does anybody know anything about Antioch? They were yeah, they were first called Christians, right? If you keep reading, you'll see that. Right, the disciples were, were called Christians for the very first time at Antioch. Anybody else know anything about the Antioch, the city? It's a huge city. It's a Gentile city. It's a huge city. All right, Antioch was actually the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Right? Third largest. So think um, New York, L.A., Chicago. Right? Third largest. Right? Third largest city. Tons of people. And here we read about the church that started there. We read about a church that started in Antioch. Again, third largest city. Tons of people. Gentile city. Remember, we read about a church started here. What sparked this church? Yeah, Stephen. Stephen's death. Stephen sparked this church. Because Stephen, right, Stephen was the reason why they went there in the first place. And we see in verse 21, right, a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. God used Stephen and his martyrdom to save people, to bring people to him, to convert people. We first read about Stephen meeting this need of the church. Meeting this not so glamorous need of serving food. And then we read about his impact. We read about his legacy. But where did it start? Serving. God works through people. He works through ordinary men. Stephen wasn't an ordinary man. Stephen was ordinary. But God worked through him because he had this heart to serve. That's where it starts. Do you have a similar heart? Can the same thing be said about you? God works through people who serve. Ordinary people who serve. Right, and so, so that's the first thing we see about these young guys, these new leaders. Right, God works through men and, men and women who are ordinary, but who serve. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 16. And let's see another thing. Let's see another thing here. Another medium God uses to work. Acts chapter 16, verse 1. And we'll go ahead and read it. It says, Paul came to Derby, then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because the Jews who lived in that area 
for all they knew that was his father was Greek. And we'll stop there. Here we're introduced to this guy named Timothy. This man named Timothy. Right? And early on, we don't really know too much about Timothy. Alright, we know that it says he's spoken well of. Verse 2, he's spoken well of. Right? Circle that, highlight that. Mark that in your notes if you're taking notes. Right? Because we're going to circle back to that idea. Right? So we know he's spoken well of, and we also know that he goes through some pain there um, for God. Right? And we'll leave that there. Um, right? The pain for God there. But we know he's spoken well of. But what do you guys know? What do you guys know about Timothy? Timothy is a prominent, popular figure in the Bible. We're introduced to him for the very first time in Acts chapter 16. But what do you guys know, Sean? He goes on to lead churches. Yeah, he goes on to lead churches. Good. Anybody else? Timothy? Yeah. Yeah, first and second Timothy. Right? Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, and they're in the Bible there. Right? Great letters, great scriptures in there. Chris? His mom and grandmother were Christians. Yeah, his mom and grandmother were Christians, right? Timothy's um, dubbed the first ever kingdom kid, right? <laughs> People like to call him that, right? So all you kingdom kids there, you guys can relate to Timothy, right? So his parents were Christians, right? He was trained by Paul. He was Paul's companion. He accompanied Paul on, his, on Paul's second and third missionary journeys, right? And, and as Sean mentioned, he led churches. Right? He's more noteworthy. He was the leader of the church in Ephesus. Right? He's the lead evangelist. Right? So we know that, hey, great numbers of people came to believe through Timothy. So we know that God worked through Timothy. But let's see how. What about Timothy did God use to work? Right? Philippians chapter 2 actually tells us. Right? It's rooted in this idea that, that people spoke well of him. Right? So keep that in mind. But Philippians chapter 2. Verse 19. And it reads, right, Philippians chapter 2 is an awesome book of the Bible because it, it begins by talking about Jesus and, and Christ's humility. Right, and then we come to here to Philippians chapter 2, and this is how Paul described Timothy. Right, Paul's a credible source because they spent so much time together. And so let's look at how Paul described Timothy. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive good news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him soon as I see how things go with me. And so we first meet Timothy here in Acts chapter 16. It says he's well spoken of. Then we see Paul... Speaking well of him. Saying a nice thing. But here we, we, we see, right, those are two hints, those are two clothes of, of something God uses to work through ordinary people. Timothy was ordinary. Right? Did anybody kind of catch that? It's something you've got to examine. Right? But we know he's spoken well of. We know that, and I'm going to give you a hint, this is a big hint. Um, we know that the beginning of Philippians chapter 2 talks about imitating Jesus. And so what about Timothy? What do you guys think? What about Timothy allowed God to move through him? Okay, he's a servant. Humility. He was like, like them. Okay. Okay, he was moldable. Right. Okay, young man, moldable. Good. Yeah. Right, you guys, those are all great answers. Those are all true. God was able to work through Timothy, who was ordinary, 
Or he was able to work through Timothy because Timothy had Jesus-like character. Alright, point number two, God works through ordinary people with Jesus-like character. Alright, when Paul was thinking about Timothy, right, and we read it here. I'm going to go back here. It says, um, I have no one else like Timothy who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out to their own interests, not those of Jesus, but you know Timothy has proved himself. So he's saying, hey, Timothy has Jesus-like character. He's looking out for the interests of Jesus when he deals with people. Right? Jesus-like character. Jesus-like character. What, what, is, what is Jesus-like character? What do you guys think? What is Jesus-like character? In the back. Selfless. Okay, being selfless. I saw a hand. <laughs> okay, she's going to say selfless. Right? Jesus was selfless. Back here. Passion, compassionate, right? Jesus had a lot of compassion. Adrian, humble. humble. Jesus was humble. Okay, meeting people's physical needs. Good. Anybody else? Any others? Jesus-like character. What is it? In the back. He's zealous. All right, a lot of zeal. Good. Right. Good. Jesus was a multi-dimensional man, to say the least. Right, his character is made up of a lot of different things, a lot of different faces to him. But Philippians chapter 2, in the beginning, it actually gives us um, a glimpse of some of Jesus' character here. All right, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. I'm reading from the, the 1984 NIV version, the old school uh, NIV version. But it says, your attitude, character, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, this is interesting because this kind of relates a lot to our first point, right? Of how God works through ordinary people with a heart to serve, with a heart to meet needs. Because here we see part of being like Jesus is being a servant. Right, says Jesus humbled himself. Right, so it's saying, hey, it's, it's part of it is being humble as a servant, and so it's related to it. But here we see that God was able to move through Timothy and do great things through Timothy. Right, this huge church leader, God was able to do great things through him because he had Jesus-like character. Right, not because he was out of the ordinary; he wasn't extraordinary. Right, he was a normal guy, flaws and all. But because he had Jesus-like character, because he, intimi- he, he uh, imitated, not intimidated, right? <laughs> intimidated, but because he imitated Jesus, God was able to use him, and God was able to move and do incredible things. You know, church, can I ask you, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What is your character like? You know, what is your character like? Because we know God... Works through people, through ordinary people. We're ordinary. Yeah. God works through ordinary people with Jesus-like character. What is your, your character like? All right, do you have Jesus-like character? And we're not talking about perfection here. We're not talking about perfection. Yes, we know that Jesus, He was perfect. And we will never be perfect, but do parts of your character remind people of Jesus? When people think of you, do they think, man, He's, he's Jesus-like? In that area. She's Jesus-like in her character. 
Not perfect, but like Jesus. You know, we see in Acts that Timothy was spoken well of early on, the first time we meet him. It says he was spoken well of. And that's something that I glanced the first few times reading. Reading, I glanced over it. Right, and it stood out to me that, hey, maybe he was spoken well of because he had Jesus-like character. It's like maybe he reminded people of Jesus. And Timothy, he wasn't this old man in Acts chapter 16. He wasn't this old guy. Right, yes, we know that, that, that the old people and the old guys did great things, but here, you don't have to be old to remind people like Jesus. You can be young. And I'm looking at the youngsters here. You guys can remind people of Jesus. You can build Jesus-like character, no matter how old you are, or how old you think you are. Well, I like to say, hey, everybody's young. All right? that's, that's my thing. Right? I'm still young. I'm 24. You know, it's funny. I love you guys. The people in the campus ministry call me old. Me and Tariq, you're old. You're 24. Like, okay. Wait till you get to be 24. But I did feel it after Who's for Hope. Uh, Who's for Hope, I was like, man, man I'm, I'm getting old. I'm 24, but I'm feeling it. Right? But you don't have to be old to be like Jesus. You can be young and be Jesus-like. And this is important, right? This is probably the most important thing. The most important medium that God uses to work through people. Through ordinary people. Because this, this kind of is the core of it all. It encompasses all of it. We talked about, hey, you have to be willing to, to live an extraordinary life. We talked about, hey, you've got to be able to live with passion. You have to decide to live with passion. You have to be serving. All that are symptoms of someone with Jesus-like character. If you have Jesus-like character, you're going you're gonna to want to be extraordinary. You're going to want to do extraordinary, extraordinary things. You're going to want to live with passion if you have Jesus-like character. Jesus was a man filled with passion. Right, that comes with having Jesus-like character. And serving, serving comes with Jesus-like character. It's, like, it's a package deal. Right, you can't follow Jesus and not be serving. It doesn't really work that way. Right? And so this is the core. It encompasses all of them. And this is the most important thing, right? Because we saw in the beginning, we saw Acts chapter 4, verse 13. These men were ordinary. Right? These men were ordinary. They did incredible things. Right? But they were ordinary. And it says, hey, they were with Jesus. It says they took note that they were with Jesus. That these men, although they were unschooled and ordinary, they were with Jesus. You know, they were with Jesus. They probably developed some form of Jesus-like character. Just being around Jesus. Right? It happens. Right? You spend a lot of time with somebody who's not Jesus, you, you become like them. You start saying the things they say. Um, you start doing the things they do. Right? So they probably started being like Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. These men trained the people we taught today. I mean, they spent time with Stephen, Philip, right? Timon, Nicholas, Timothy. These men had Jesus-like character and they were trained. Or they trained others to have Jesus-like character. And so these men we see, and we see Timothy has Jesus-like character, but it comes with it. Right? And because... These men, although they were ordinary, were with Jesus and they passed down this Jesus-like character throughout the generations. God moved. And God did the incredible things you see in the book of Acts. Because these men were imitating Jesus. These men were serving. They decided to live with passion. They decided to be extraordinary. And God used them and God moved. And we read the book of Acts and we just sit back in awe. But it's because they made this decision. Right? Although they were ordinary, they strive to be extraordinary. You know, God wants to use us to accomplish great things. 
He wants to use us. He believes in us. He wants to use us. No matter what you think, God wants to use you to do great things. He does. In order to do those great things, we've got to choose to be serving. We've got to choose to be like Jesus. Because that's how God works. And once we decide to be that way, God is going to do some incredible things. And people are going to be in awe when they think of our lives. But it's because of Jesus. It's because God is using us. You know, imagine if each and every one of us decided to be serving. Right? Decided to have a serving heart. Decided to to get up at 8 a.m., set up sound. That would be awesome if the whole church did that. Uh, It would go super super cool. We wouldn't have to get up at 8 a.m. We would get at like 9.50. That would be so cool, right? Right? But what what, what if we all decided, hey, I'm going to meet the needs of the church. I'm going to figure out where the needs are and I'm going to go meet them to the best of my ability. Because you don't have to be super special. You don't have to be a talented person. It says these men were ordinary. Anybody can meet the church's needs. Anybody. What if we all did that? How awesome would that be? What types of things will God do in our church if we decided to be serving? What if we all decided, imagine if we all decided to, to, to imitate Jesus, to do our best, to have Jesus-like character. Not to be perfect, Right, but to build Jesus-like character. Imagine what God would be able to build through us if we did that. That would be incredible. That would be so awesome. Right? Our church would look like the book of Acts. Right? People get curious. Why is all this stuff happening in the Lifeway Church? Well, we're a bunch of people who are serving and are like Jesus. Right? Imagine. Let's all make that decision. Right? Let's all, last time we, we, we looked at, hey, these men, they made the choice to live extraordinary lives. Right, then we looked at, hey, they decided to live with passion. Today we looked at the leaders in the book of Acts, and although they were young, and although they were these new leaders, and although they were ordinary, they chose to be serving, and they chose to be like Jesus, and have Jesus-like character. Amen. Let's do likewise. Yeah. Let's do likewise. Let's all make the decision today to be like Jesus, to be serving. And we'll be able to sit back and be in awe of all the incredible things God is going to do through us. Amen. 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 Hopefully that was an inspiring time in God's word for you guys. Thank you. Enjoy your your 4th of July weekend here. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. And then we're we're free to, to be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father God, thank you so much for, for you, God. For, for the church you have given us, God, it really is a gift, Father. And we, we, we are so encouraged by the example of the men in your word, Father. God, because we know that they, they are like us. They're ordinary. There is nothing special about them, but they made decisions. And because of their decisions to be extraordinary and passionate and imitate your son and be serving, you move through them, Father. God, I pray that we can do likewise. I pray that because of our decisions, you will continue to move here in Lifeway, Father. God, we love you so much. I pray that we are all safe this holiday weekend and we have a great time with family. We love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen.